Hype it up, everybody. <laughs> Thanks a lot of love to you as well. So hype it up, everybody. Hype it up, everybody. Life health skill podcast. We are leveling up your health skill. I'm Marcel. I'm your host. Welcome in. It's my pleasure to introduce to you today Chody. She's a friend. She's a mother. She's a fellow yoga teacher and a women's circle creator. And so with my pleasure, welcome with love, Chody Bien from Canada. Yay! Hype it up. <laughs> Yay! Thanks, Marcel. I'm so happy to be here. This is my first ever interview about women's circles. Great! And it's a topic I'm super passionate about. So I am happy to share my journey and what I love about it. So, okay. so glad to have you. And today is the first time for, for me doing this right now. So we, we will be tuning in a little bit into our body before we start to talk about everything. We're just coming to a great sit right now. Exactly. Yay. Also do your thing a little bit. If you like to bring the hands together, bring the hands together. And just for a minute, everybody also in the chat, everybody listening right now, the podcast... Maybe close your eyes, connect to your feet, feel how the feet are connected to the floor and tune in to your body. Take a deep breath in, into the belly, into the chest. Welcoming to whatever comes up during this podcast, being open to that. Realizing that there are two bodies talking with each other right now and the many bodies listening. And also the other bodies that are listening, you can ask questions later on. Very welcome to do that. Check in with how you're feeling. As soon as you're ready. Slowly. Open your eyes again, and you're ready. Great. Great. Good. So, thank you for joining in in this little experiment. This was the first time of as little centering practice before. Little centering practice before. Thank you for joining in, Shodi. You love that? That's amazing. Thank you. So let's start. Let's get to, to know you a little better, Jody. Can you tell us about your journey and how your journey is connected to the masculinity and the femininity? Oh, that's a loaded question, Marcel. <laughs> but a good one, of course. All questions are good. So um, I would say I've been on the spiritual journey for as long as I can remember. Um, Definitely being a sensitive, very sensitive person and um, being very curious about there being something more. And um, when I was younger, I had such a fear of death that I would freak out at nighttime, at bedtime when I was like a young teenager, let's say, maybe even younger, but it, it carried on into my adulthood. So whenever I pondered life and death, 
I would have this like jolt in my body like, oh my God, I'm going to die one day. I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be this person that I know. And I'm going to go into the unknown. And that was so scary for me. It would freak me out. And um, aside from that, yeah, just so much curiosity and seeking. And I felt like I was a little bit of an oddball. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the sheep of the family, um, the sheep everywhere I went. And um, I also had a lot of behavioral issues. And that came from the challenges of my childhood, being one of five kids and really wanting to be heard. I was the fourth and I had three older sisters Mm -hmm. and our household was really busy and I just wanted attention. And so that carried out into the other aspects of my life of look at me, look at me, you know, I'm special. And that, that ended up becoming, how can I make myself feel special? And I chose like performing arts where I could be seen and perform and entertain. Um, And then as I got older, like as I was 18, I just started to realize that I was feeling empty in my interactions with other people. I would leave my, you know, my interactions and feel this emptiness. (laughs) And then I started to get in touch with what that was. And I was like, oh, I didn't make that person feel good. Or I, I didn't ask them questions about how they're doing and I know they're going through something. Um, or I just talk about myself a lot. Yeah. And that just left me feeling empty because there wasn't really a, a heart connection. And then I started practicing yoga and I was doing my acting and um, yoga taught me so much. And it helped me connect with a deeper the deeper person that I am, my true essence. Yeah. So that, and then I started following those breadcrumbs. Um, but at the same time, I was making choices that were sabotaging me in a way um, that were impulsive. And I, you know, I got pregnant at 24 and became a mom. And, and then I gave up yoga for a time and I devoted all my life to my raising my kids when they were younger. They're now Mm -hmm. eight and 11, two boys. And um, that came, making that impulsive choice came with some implications, some consequences. And I, what I, how I express it is that when my son Joseph was born, my first, it was like um, ego, my ego meeting like the deepest love that unconditional love for my child. And there really wasn't enough space for both in child rearing. So I was struggling with, um, I wanted to give him everything. I wanted to do the co-sleeping. I wanted to do the nursing on demand. But then I had my whole ego structure, which was got to keep busy, got to keep doing. Uh, We're going to go to play dates. We're going to go to the library. We're going to go to gym class. We're going to go to music classes. And it was go, go, go. And I couldn't just sit on the living room floor with my toddler and play. There was so much anxiety. And that was the drivenness that I grew up with. So we all have different ego structures, I believe, based on the attitudes and beliefs of the way we're we're raised. So that's Mm -hmm. 18 years of imprinting that I had to somehow 
figure out and unlearn because it was bringing me more pain. It was bringing me pain in my life. And I always say, we're built for pleasure, not pain. Yeah. And so that pain ended up translating into being very reactive with my child and a little bit aggressive at times where I would grab him or I would maybe smack him or something, you know, and I don't like to like go back to that period of my time because I became sleep deprived because I wanted to do, I wanted to give him that co-sleeping, but then I wouldn't rest during the day. Yeah. And so by the time he was about a year and a half, that's when my spiritual teacher came into my life because I needed it. Yeah. I was like a walking zombie and um, I needed to, I needed to heal. I needed to he- then heal my chemistry, but then heal what caused me to get to that place. Okay. Good. Yeah. So, and so then mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that was the beginning of like my deep healing work, working with native energies and healing those deep grooves and tapes. Wonderful. Wonderful. And- and then the journey continued on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm very, very excited that you're here, Chody, together with me. And I, I wanted to say that again right now. To it's so beautiful to connect again to somebody else through through this podcast that I'm creating, and asking really, really deep questions. And thank you for sharing your honest and being honest with us today, sharing yourself here. Thank so, you. um, before we go any deeper. Uh, can you define femininity, femininity or divine femininity and divine masculinity in your words? So you sent me all these questions to ponder and I actually yeah. didn't Don't worry. visit that. I yeah. just trust that whatever comes out Definitely. Is, is my truth. Yeah, authenticity um, and honesty. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah. So um, the feminine, and I'll just speak from the divine feminine, for me is about grace. It's about softness. It's about unconditional love. It's a open and receptive energy. It is an energy that flows and trusts the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an energy that's deeply connected with the spiritual. It's a nurturing energy, gentle. Yeah, I would say that for me are the qualities of the divine feminine. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. And wisdom, wise. Yeah. If I move up all the chakras, there's different qualities for every chakra that is an expression of the feminine. Yeah. Just now, like the masculine. Yeah. Would you like to speak a little bit more about the masculine before we head into deeper questions about the feminine, of course? We are talking about the feminine, but also yeah. incorporate the masculine a little. Absolutely. So, yeah, we all have the, the feminine and the masculine qualities within us. Um, I feel personally that I relate more to the feminine being in this archetypal <laughs> energy of being a woman. Um, but the masculine qualities, divine masculine qualities that I connect with would be stability, Mm -hmm. um, inner strength, uh, boundaries, Mm -hmm. uh, trust, um, 
Yeah, just to name a few. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so if I could name some from our yoga training, steadfast. <laughs> Another one. Yeah, basically like strength and rootedness and um, a balance of, yeah. of just that that pr protection. It's a protective energy as well. Yeah, good. Mm. So thank you for sharing your view with us right now and sharing the qualities you are seeing and experiencing. Um, now let's talk about a little bit more context. Like what are some problems that come up when we talk about femininity? Do you know what I mean with this question? Yeah, I mean, I would say we don't talk a lot about femininity. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our culture, um, I think we talk a lot about sex and beauty and and careers and money. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of Honestly. yeah, it's kind of like uh, melted down to some qualities, kind of, like, but not the whole thing, right? Absolutely, for sure. Um, and I feel in our Western culture. There is a lot of masculine energy that the whole collective has taken on. Mm -hmm. And I think things kind of became out of balance when women were wanting to exert their own choices and rights. And so then they were making choices to say, we can do this just as good as the men can do it. And we deserve an option to have the same jobs as men. And as well, right now, as we fight for being paid the same amount as men. So I think there's definitely this big masculine quality. And I think it, women attach to that because I think we were getting tired of feeling boxed in by, you know, stay in the kitchen and cook and look pretty and shut up. <laughs> so in my experience and so in my understanding of in my culture. And so I think... Both of those come from a lack of knowing our true essence and a lack of balance. And so for me personally, um, I have felt more connected to the masculine throughout my life. My dad's energy was really intense in our household. And that was sort of our meter for love was, you know, act funny, act smart, we were competitive with each other as sisters. Um, and so these are qualities of like the wounded masculine, um, that competitiveness and, yeah. and, and a lot of ego. And I was very much into like athletics and being strong and tough. And there wasn't a lot of soft feminine qualities. Mm -hmm. The feminine, you know, example that I had of my mom was kind of be a lady and, um, you know, look pretty kind of thing. And um, so, yeah, for myself, I, I think I really felt limited in this very masculine expression of go, 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 you know, got to keep up with everyone else and, um, it's really interesting. There's a book, I think it's called 
something, maybe something like she flows. I'm going to have to look up the name of it for you. But there's a beautiful example mm-hmm. of the feminine and the masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And they relate it to um, our physiology. And so the energy of the sperm is to race to the egg. And that's sort of like the energy of like that masculine of like, you know, that healthy competition, but that like racing <laughs> and and productivity. Yeah. And the egg just sits there and is receptive. Yeah. And so in our culture, I feel like we've become out of balance with this pace of life rather than a little more trust and flow. Yeah, I, I like that. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think a large proponent for that happening has to do with our relationship to sexuality and what religion has done to that. So, yeah, anyway, that's another tangent. But, yeah, I think that we need to really listen to the pleasure in our bodies. Yeah, yeah, good. Let that be a guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I li- I like that view right now. Let's let's go a little bit on right now, here right now. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, does being a mother help you to connect to your divine feminine or divine femininity? Absolutely, absolutely, without a doubt. Um, yeah, when you become a mother, you really take on these these mothering qualities that are so feminine, which is nurturing and caring, um, which I think are just very feminine, you know, to take care of your child, to hold your child and Mm -hmm. that deep bond. And it makes you so connected to your community and the greater webs that stretch out to the earth, (laughs) to the whole global community and our deepest concerns. So I want to feed my baby mm-hmm. or my child the best food. So that makes me concerned about the quality of my food. And then it also makes me concerned that my other women in my community can feed their children well as well. Mm-hmm. And and we just become really tuned in to the environment that our children are being raised in mm-hmm. and you're mm. you're connecting to each other in one way right women connect to each other absolutely that just feels so natural to yeah. raise your children with other women yeah because when you have babies and and young children you still want to have conversations as women yeah you know okay. about your life and about the challenges of being a mom or about your relationships with your husbands. Yeah. So it's a deep connection. And that sisterhood has been around since the beginning of time. Yeah. Women come together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's clear. Good. Um, let's go on with another question. Does having a husband that is connected to masculinity help in your ability to connect and engage with femininity? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll just share something like juicy, even in our intimacy. I, he makes me feel like a goddess and he makes me feel, um, yeah, feel so beautiful. Yeah. Um, And the way he 
admires my body and my female form as well. And, and yeah, I would say I do feel protected by him yeah. because he is stronger than me. He's bigger than me. And um, when he's not here, well, I'm, I'm feeling much more secure now. But when my kids were younger, when he wasn't around, I felt a little bit more nervous. Yeah. Being on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. So I'd say th those qualities um, definitely make, help me feel more connected to my femininity as well. I just feel like we are very different um, just by him being a man and the way he thinks and approaches life and my being a woman, just the things that I need mm -hmm. and the way that I approach life are very different. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. So yeah. how is it to raise like two sons? I wonder like uh, all this masculine energy, maybe. I don't know if they have that developed already, but how is it? Yeah. It's definitely interesting. It became um, a subject of interest for me, I would say, a few years ago. Um, as my boys were getting older, I was like, okay, do I really understand them? And, and how they think and what their needs are. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I never want to believe in these categories of, you know, girls play with this stuff and girls like these colors yeah. and boys are this way. I, I never really bought into that. I just kind of, I give them, you know, the things that I like and I share myself mm -hmm. and I see the things that they like and the things that they need, you know, a lot of activity and I don't have daughters to compare to it. Um, but yeah, I definitely started looking into what it means to raise boys. Yeah. And I think in our culture, boys are really misunderstood, especially in the school environment. I think with the testosterone surges that they have in their body, they really need to, to move. And those come in waves. You know, it starts at a really young age. I don't know if it's two or three where they get their first wave of testosterone and they want to whack things and, and bang things and climb things like aggressively. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's what it feels like having boys in, in my house. I'll speak for myself. They're boys of different nature for sure. My sister has a son who's a little bit more um, tepid and, and calm. So she calls him, she relates to him as Ferdinand the Bull. So again, not categorizing, but just observing our own children and and noticing mm -hmm. what they need. And um, yeah, I think through some healing work I've done in the past, um, healers have basically said to me, wow, there's a lot of masculine energy around you. I'm like, yes, there <laughs> is. Thank you. I didn't even realize it, but like that helps me understand how I feel as the only woman in the house and how I what I need is yeah. totally different than two boys and a man. And so <laughs> it's interesting that I've found these women's circles that have fulfilled me so deeply uh, in my journey. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Um, before we come to the women's circles, we're going, we're going there. Don't worry about it. We're getting there. I wonder, could you imagine raising a daughter? And if you can imagine that, what would, that be like for you hmm. 
you know, we've thought about having another one, but my husband would have to reverse his bisectomy. Yeah. So that's a big conversation. And our guys are already eight and 11. Um, but yeah, I have thought a lot about having a daughter and what that would be like to share that bond. You know, I have three nieces, which I adore, Olivia, Nev, and Indigo. And they're just like such magical beings. Mm-hmm. And um, they feel like daughters to me in a way. And it's interesting when they come over, there's a different energy altogether. They sit at the island and they want to hear the conversation between the mums, which is really interesting that I've observed. And they also, you know, they can sit quietly and just do like, you know, maybe coloring or helping with the cooking. And, you know, they'll wait for the instructions about putting the flour in without, you know, me being like, ah, I'm anxious, um, which is sometimes how I feel when I bake with with one of my kids. I'm just like, stop, wait, I will give you the instructions. Um, and so, yeah, there's a totally different energy and, um, oh, I was going to share another sweet thing that came to mind. Um, my one girlfriend came over with her daughter and I had uh, another, I had my niece over as well. And somehow we ended up in my bedroom with the door closed looking at all my essential oils, looking at all my precious stones. And then, you know, then we started picking Oracle cards and we created, we organically just created a little circle. It was so beautiful. But then outside my bedroom door was like a Nerf battle going on. (laughs) We were slightly under attack. (laughs) But it's just so funny. Oh, another thing with girls is that when they come over... They, if someone's hurt, they are the first to report it and they are the first one to, to get a band aid and to help like little nurses or (laughs) like little mothers. And again, that's not a rule of thumb. My other girlfriend who has a daughter, she came over once. I said, do you want to come see, um, the little baby that's here or something like that? (laughs) And she was like, nope, I just want a house tour. (laughs) (laughs) It was hilarious. She was like, I have babies. So, not a rule of thumb, but I'm just sharing my experience with yeah. the, the little women in my life. Great. And their energy. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, let's, let's go into the women's circles right now. Can you tell us more about your journey into creating women's circles? Mm-hmm. So, it started when I lived in New York. Mm-hmm. I felt there was so much separation between women and their little households and their little nuclear families. And it felt like there needed to be more togetherness and more sharing. Mm-hmm. And I had been invited to a full moon circle when I lived in Nashville, Tennessee previously, but I didn't end up going, but it planted a seed in my head And so when I was in New York, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a full moon ceremony. I'm going to look it up online. I'm going to figure out the template, what it looks like. And I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Probably because I was needing it myself, feeling isolated at night. My husband was traveling with work and it felt lonely. (laughs) And um, 
And so, yeah, that's how it began. They were just kind of like hodgepodge circles that I just try to figure out. We did face masks. Mm-hmm. We did some deep sharing. We did some journaling. What, and that what was are, the big... Pardon? Sorry, what are these hodgepodges? Or... Oh, hodgepodge. Like, it wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. I just kind of put it together as yeah. best I could. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and it was beautiful. Like, it's so interesting. Whenever I slightly mention at the playground or at the supermarket (laughs) that I do full moon circles with women, (laughs) women are like, sorry, what? Tell me more. Tell me more. I want to know more. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh It's just such a natural thing, a desire of women, I believe. And then when I moved to Switzerland again, I just felt like there was so much separation. And yes, women can get together. They can go to a sporting event. They can go out dancing. Mm -hmm. And it's how often it's, you know, drinking is involved, alcohol. And it's not really the place for deep conversation. Yeah. You're not going to talk about your troubles with your husband or your troubles with parenting when mm-hmm. you are at a sporting event or drinking and dancing. And so where do women come together for that real authentic connection? Mm-hmm. It's really difficult when you have kids around cause they interrupt all the time. Yeah. And, and when you are just in this routine of keeping their schedule, feeding them, you don't really have that time with other women. So then in Switzerland, again, I started creating them. I got together with a woman who had a children's art studio. And I said, do you want to do full moon circles with me? And you could do the creative aspect. And we'd have a beautiful space. And uh, she was like, yes, I've wanted to do this for so long. It's so funny you reached out to me. And she would create the most beautiful altars. And we'd brainstorm on the theme of the full moon gathering and i usually would connect with the astrological theme so what people might be feeling so that it was relevant mm-hmm. and really like hit the 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 nail on the hammer on the nail or whatever the expression mm-hmm. is <laughs> yeah whatever and um and and then we would brainstorm and she would come up with a creative craft for us to do together oh, so cool. the beginning part we were in circle sharing some ritual, some journaling, and then we would create something and then close the circle. And now I'm back in Canada. And as I came back, there was a woman doing, you know, a friend of mine doing new moon circles. And I'm like, great, I'm just going to receive. I'm just going to go to her circles and focus on my yoga teaching. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I just felt a yearning again to gather with the full moon. So hers were new moon circles. You can gather with both. Historically, women have gathered with the new moon because that's when they're bleeding and on their Mm -hmm. menses together. Um, For me, the full moon is powerful because it stirs up deep, energetic things going on. You know. Yep. It's it's when the wolves are howling. It's when the tides are rising um and you know it affects people you hear more ambulances um people are out of sorts a little bit okay yeah and so i i like gathering in a circle for women to just be like blah 
and just release and be heard. I think it's so important. Good. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the Eve, even more. So what does having a women, women's circles do for women from your perspective? So where does it help in their day-to-day -day life? What's the outcome of it? So let's say, what's the outcome of it? Not that you expect anything out of it, not at all, but what could be some possible outcomes of it? That's a really good question because I, I usually just focus so much on the experience itself. Yeah, okay. That I forget to connect more with how people are feeling after the moon circle. I'm just sort of like, okay, here it is, and then, <laughs> and then we say goodbye. That's great. And my for myself too. Like I carve out this special time for myself. It becomes a ritual for myself, and there's a lot of stress involved. But then when I'm in the circle, it's it's juicy, and it's enjoyable and it's yeah. transformative um but at the same time after the circle is done i feel like i i snap back into my life as a mom and a wife and taking care of my house and my dog and yeah. and i'm not yoga teaching right now i'm homeschooling yeah so that's a big job good and i think what i'm working on is learning how to integrate and bring that that magic and that power of that circle into my regular life. Mm -hmm. So and so when I get together in my circles, we don't know what's going to happen in a way. Yeah. But sometimes it reveals a lot <laughs> to myself and other women. There's something about just as I am right now. There's something about just speaking your truth. Yeah. And not knowing what's going to come out next and not having control or fear. So there's a safe space, but so much becomes revealed as others are holding space for you and you're allowed to express yourself. And a lot of the times, which is really interesting, women are able to figure out what they need or they're able to figure out a solution to something they're challenged by just by as we go around the circle share and I'll, I make a joke sometimes I'll say what's a work in ya what's a learning ya <laughs> it's an old Quaker expression it's a Christian religious based question but the Quakers were a little bit different they did like shaking and meditation and they still they still do these practices so I picture like an old man on a stoop. What's a working ya? And what's a learning ya? And um, we'll go around the circle and we hold space for each woman to share. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's a really powerful thing, especially if we need to work on our truth mm -hmm. and our voice and our expression, Yeah. which for women has been shut down for you know as for such a long time let's say oh i don't know how many hundreds of years now this enculturation of silencing women and their power you know the inquisition you know a woman is healing mm -hmm. her people in her community and it's witchcraft yeah no she's a wise healer 
And so, you know, there's that, there's women who get their necks cut off and being silenced in different ways and oppressed. Yeah. And so when we're in this circle to express your voice is really emotion emotional. You know, some women just start crying. Yeah. Just to be to speak and to be heard and to feel safe in that place. Great. Good. That's so I think they take to answer your questions short form, I think they take a lot from it. Mm -hmm. And it's up to them how much they want to work through yeah. in our circle. I love that. You, you, they can share as much as they want. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and then there's different rituals where they can explore themselves and and be willing. I'll speak for myself on many, many women's circles I've been to mm -hmm. um, with the intention of spiritual growth. I, I go, when I go into them, I come out cracked open a little bit more open, a little bit more sensual, a little bit more powerful. Mm -hmm. um, all these sorts of qualities come out when we start to look within and do some, do some of these, this work, these rituals, these practices. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. Um, before we go any further, we're, we're coming a little bit little bit out of it out of women's circles again and mm -hmm. let's about let's talk about a little bit of wording right now so let's take a step back right now relax breathe deep and let's talk about uh wounded wounded uh masculinity wounded femininity or as i as i prefer to say it uh, it's me right i like to say it like toxic femininity or toxic masculinity and we discussed a little bit prior to that that you prefer like the term wounded could you explain a little bit about that yeah i think we did touch on it a little bit before and it's all been kind of weaved in um just about the suppression of women um, and sort of like the feminist movement we talked about as well mm -hmm. was about trying to find balance. And so for me, um, the wounded feminine, and I say wounded in, instead of toxic, mm -hmm. um, because I believe we all have these beautiful hearts. And the reason I know that is because I, when I look at children, I know we all started there. We were all children and we all have these beautiful hearts, unconditional, unconditionally loving hearts. Mm -hmm. And that's who we are as adults as well. Um, and so for me, the wounded feminine occurs based on life, life experiences and your upbringing. If there's a lot of trauma mm -hmm. that affects your your nature and these ego qualities these ego mechanisms are developed for a reason they're developed to protect the heart they're developed to feel some sort of connection so i'll share personally like for me i was sharing i i was looking for attention i was looking for love so for me to for my version of connecting with love was I had to be funny. I had to sound smart. 
and I had to do athletics and be good. <laughs> That's how I got my dad's attention. Yeah. That's what I had to do as a child. Crazy. To get his unconditional love, and it wasn't yeah. unconditional. These were the conditions. Oh. He didn't just accept me for who I was. I only got his attention when I was funny, sounded smart, like a smart ass, mostly, and when I did athletics. Yeah. And I can remember from a young age just reading a book on the couch and him saying, Joe, Joe, have you been outside yet? Have you got your exercise? <laughs> and I had that anxiety all the time that I had to be achieving. Yeah. And not academically. Yeah. Everyone has different ego structures that develop based on their parents. It wasn't about academics. It was about athletics. Mm-hmm. And so... Based on, I think, our childhood, being raised by our parents, we look up to them as if they're gods when we're children. And we have such unconditional love and acceptance of them. But we don't get the same treatment. And so children are gifts in that sense. They're just perfect. They're pure energy. And we put our attitudes and energy onto them. Mm-hmm. And then they have to learn how to navigate those energies. Yeah. And, um, of course, there's, like, the environment that a child grows up in, you know, in, like, a war-torn country. That's going to be a trauma. And there's other kinds of traumas as well. But I think the ones that make the biggest imprint are our relationships, the ones we grow up with. And that will either make you fill you up and give you pleasure and make you feel good And so much love and acceptance and joy and fun Mm -hmm. in your household. And if you make a mistake, that's okay. Because it's their job to teach you and guide you. And they'll usher you along and say, hey, don't worry. Everybody spills. Let's clean it up. And and so that, I think, is the relationship that needs to to be healed. Yeah. Um, How we are with our children. And... And that's where the woundedness comes into play. Yeah. I believe. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I mm. understand it a little better now, right now, why you're saying wounded. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, dear friends, in the chat right now, so dear viewers, dear listeners, you can ask Jody and me, of course, some questions right now. We give some space right now. In the meantime, I have some additional questions to fill fill also like the time a little bit until some questions come up. I have something to share too. Sure, sure. Please go ahead, Shodi. So I didn't have this planned, but um, for this call and this sacred topic for me, I created an altar. So I just wanted to share it with everybody. Sure, please. So not only did I adorn myself with a beautiful kimono, (laughs) feeling kind of sexy and beautiful, because as a woman, we like things that are beautiful, and we like to adorn ourselves. And so if we take the ego out of it, it's it's beautiful. It's beauty. So... So I adorned myself. You know, I like to spray myself with yeah. rose water. <laughs> awesome. That, 
It smells so good. <laughs> and and then here is my little altar. Wow. That for today. Wow, that's amazing, Jody. Yeah. So, you know, candles, um, other things that represent the spiritual journey, the divine feminine. You know, I've got my feathers. I've got, you know, some shells representing just sort of the spiral of life the journey that we're on, we're all just learning and unfolding continuously. Um, some crystals, I really love butterflies. A rose quartz, which represents um, the heart and love. I've got dried roses from previous circles. I have a nature smudge bundle I made at a women's um, retreat that I went on. And some more and then here are my oracle cards and yeah this is my favorite divine feminine oracle deck i have another amazing oracle deck which wow. i can share too these are my can you see yeah we can see we can see okay great this is uh, a favorite book of mine uh women runes so the language is really beautiful and evocative about just the feminine energy and gathering with women. So the dancing women, rune of celebration, community, shared power, solidarity. There need not already be a path. Walking together, we create one. And so I just reach into here and I'll just pick myself a rune. And that's sort of like the image. And I made these runes in Switzerland at one of my circles. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll read about it in my book. And then I wanted to share this book as well. This book is really, really powerful. This is a rite of passage, rite of initiation book. Uh, Women Who Run With Wolves. Um, it talks about a lot of archetypal energy and how we can shift out of archetypes that aren't serving us. For example, one being the too good mother. What does that mean? A woman that just sacrifices herself for others, for her family, <laughs> and how that's unhealthy. So learning to find her, her, meet her own needs. You know, we're not here to sacrifice our lives for our family. We're here to be a family and be a woman as well. The Sophia Code is another powerful rite of passage, rite of initiation as well. Um, the Sophia energy. So this is like the goddess that is above us all. She is the matrix for all creative life. And this energy is now coming back on the earth, this goddess energy, which came before the God energy. The goddess energy is very connected to earth, um, earth-based um, beliefs. Um, the earth is a mother energy. And, and then all the different archetypal energies. So Isis is in this book. I really am connecting with Isis right now and her power and how she guided her people in Egypt with so much love and they lived with so much abundance. So Isis is just a beautiful, beautiful energy. And, um, she really was connected with tantric, sacred, sacred sexuality. 
and the power of of that pleasure that later became because of religion became vilified you know sex was wrong or naughty or bad actually it's powerful <laughs> that's what it is Great. are there some questions yeah there are many questions jody uh, if your parents are still with you, so you're around your parents, how do they see your perception on masculinity and femininity? I think they're a little bit uh, confused. They don't really understand it. You know, I've I've done so much work on myself since since I was a, a child in their home, and yeah, I I think. It's hard for them to really understand and connect with. Um, <clears throat> I've wanted to have my mom at more circles, but she never really seems intrigued by them. Yeah. Or interested. And I think it's because she's not comfortable with being with other women and speaking her truth. So I have just learned to love and accept them where they're at. And I know that, yeah, those are just really big blocks for them. And the biggest lesson I've learned is that you can't push other people on their journey because we don't know the depth of their, you know, their universe, their journey and the pain that they have suffered. Yeah. And when you start to do this work, it's almost like opening up Pandora's box and yeah. some people are not ready and you don't want to give people pain. So I just hold the sacred within myself and the people that are interested, they come to it. And when I get together with them at Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, I just stay rooted in who I am and I speak my truth and I have no attachment anymore to their thoughts and feelings because I, I see where they're at and I see their struggles. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Thank you for sharing. This was a question from your cup of yoga. Thank you so much for that question. Uh, let's go on to Ellie Sunflower's question. How did you overcome your father's, father's powerfully masculine impact on you? Mm, that's a great question. Um, not easily. I'll be honest about that. Um, so when Ken came into my life, my spiritual healer, um, that's a lot of the work we did. There was a lot of energy work around my anger, around my rage, around my attitudes and beliefs. Like I had such awful attitudes towards people, so many judgments. And they were all based on the things, the phrases my dad would use. Yeah. Everybody's an idiot. Everyone's stupid. And all that judgmental energy that I had to shift out of as well as complete ego centric egomaniaism. It was like when my dad came in the house, we had to be ready for his energy. If he wanted us to get in the car and get drive up North to go skiing, we had to be ready to get everything together and he could come in really angry and yeah, and so I had to do a lot of spiritual healing. I had to work through as well my relationships to men in general. 
and how I related to men. Yeah. So because I had anger towards men, yeah, I didn't have a healthy relationship towards men. So I would say to heal those things first is to become aware of the negative things that your qualities that your dad has that you're probably waking up to it sounds like becoming aware of them and then realizing those aren't yours to hold on to mm -hmm. so separating that energy be like no i don't i don't want to i don't have those same values and beliefs because those negative beliefs and judgments i had towards people bit me in the ass again and again so the next time you get bit in the ass look at it and ask yourself what attitude or belief did I have here that caused me that pain of getting in shit or and then so you have to start to look at it and break it down yeah and it's not easy you know I think about my girlfriend whose dad used to tell her you're not smart you're not that pretty you gotta use what's between your legs the amount of time she comes over and if we talk about some deep stuff yeah. she brings that up it's right there as like a seed and she needs to release that story now and make up a new narrative yeah and it's so hard to break these patterns yeah I would say if if you find a spiritual healer, great. If you can find women's circles to move through that shit that you've been carrying, great. Mm -hmm. Another thing is if you have a healthy relationship with a partner, you can use libidinal energy, sexual energy to move through chakras. So that's a really interesting thing to explore. Good. You know, it's free. <laughs> Intimacy is free, <laughs> and if you have a respectful, loving relationship, or you want to work at it being more loving, which I am working on, mm -hmm. it's about getting into the pleasure with another person. So I've gone on another tangent, but libidinal energy is the second most powerful energy on the planet. The first most powerful energy on the planet, can anyone guess? <laughs> What is the most powerful energy on the planet? Love. 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 All you love. need is love. And how do we get into this expression of love? How do we get into the all that pleasure of being the love of who we are? Yeah. The joy, the peace, the truth. Um, these are the qualities of love. And when we're in conflict and we're in pain, then we know we're in the ego somewhere. There's mm -hmm. We're trapped somewhere. And we need to connect with that love and heal. Wonderful. And so if you use that second strongest energy, libidinal energy, then that can help you move into love. Because Great. Because what, mm. what are you doing with a partner? You're giving your partner pleasure. Okay. The greatest pleasure is the pleasure you give another. Yeah. So rather than masturbating with your partner, give your partner pleasure. And so, and then he can focus on giving you pleasure. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh, you're one, almost like one moving together. 
your pleasure is his pleasure, his pleasure is your pleasure, and that is a perfect microcosm for life. We are Wonderful. all built for pleasure. Yeah. And so as the energy builds, you can stop the energy, let it go down, calm yourselves down. Don't just jack off. Just don't orgasm. <laughs> Build the energy again and let it come up, 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 up. Kundalini energy all the way up. So you're like, oh, and it <laughs> goes through the crown of your head. And I would love to say that I have had that experience. My husband has it through the crown and his whole disposition changes. He has like heat in his face and his chest is big and <laughs> and he's just like totally it's a meditation he's totally like shifted energy and that is really powerful so that came from a small question yeah that's all right thank you for sharing but Jody. i want to share there's so many juicy things <laughs> thank you for being so honest so next question is uh, from Carl Hawk. Chody, have you read Milk and Honey by Rupi Kaur? Do you know that book? Yeah, I was actually gifted to it from um, a doula client, oh. a birth client that I had. Wow. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's. I think I need to spend more time with it. <laughs> I don't know if I connected with it fully. Um, personally okay but i know a lot of people love the poetry in the book okay i just don't know if i am um such a poetry buff yeah that's that's amazing thank you for your view there thank you for your honest okay you just said something about isis and her naughtiness which is actually power if i heard correctly could you elaborate on that that's the question so I'm just, I'm just getting to know um, ISIS. Yeah. And from what I understand, um, she did walk this planet. The reason why um, we hadn't heard about her much until now is because her story was an oral tradition that was passed on. And then the patriarch really took hold in Egypt. Um, but the story is, is that she and her husband led the people by creating so much love and community, mm -hmm. uh, that there was so much abundance in people's hearts. They ate well, and there was just this oneness, mm -hmm. this, this supportive energy that they, they created within their community. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I would love if I could just like pick her card right here. She's in my Divine Feminine deck. Um, uh, she talks about um, sexual energy being sacred. And so I think she shared tantric practices with people. Um, Jody, we are finishing this up right here, right now. I wanted to ask you one more thing. Um, uh, or two more things, actually two more. Uh, with, with all what we have learned right now, with, with what we have discussed, how can one be a better person, no matter if it's a, a, a man or a woman, uh, how can one be a better person? Listen to what you're longing for. Yeah. 
Good. Listen to what you're desiring and seeking. Explore, like, seek out what you want. Yeah. Because we are the ones creating our experiences. Great. Thank you so much, Jody. So I, yeah, I'll just say I was longing to connect with the feminine energy. Thank you so much. And you know what? I was longing to connect with you. You're such, Aww. you're such a beautiful person. Thank you so much for sharing yourself today. And um, we have one more question uh, coming up to you. Can we? Can people? Con how can people connect with you? And uh, I have like this, this thought: Are you going to do uh, like these women circles? Maybe in one time in your life, maybe online to we invite people like online to your women circles, or is that out of the question? Yeah, for me, the energy is really about being in person yeah. with other women. Yeah. I've tried the online stuff myself personally with people hosting those circles. Yeah. And it's just not the, it's not the same. Yeah. Good. So if you can't find a circle in your area, then create one. Yeah. Great advice. It's really rather simple. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Please, everybody, oh. please, everybody, uh, you can connect with Chody via Instagram uh, with BN Chody. And thank you so much for all the questions, all the beautiful questions you have asked. If you have any further questions, come into the Discord. This was Health Skill Podcast. It's coming weekly at you at the moment. And we have a wonderful other podcast coming up next week together with a good friend of mine, Martin Graf, who, who's creating men's circles. And we're talking with him, him uh, next week. And we're asking him a lot of question about masculinity again and about men's circles as well. And he's from Switzerland and I'm excited already to have this talk with him. Uh, so tune in live at www.moment.yoga slash Twitch, available on all major podcast platforms and on YouTube. This was Health Skill Podcast Live. We are leveling up your health skill.